0: Hey Unashamedly You community, our conference is coming up in just a few short months and we cannot wait to get you all in one room together. There's power in proximity and we know this year's conference is going to leave you empowered to go after your God-given calling. Go grab your tickets now at unashamedlyyou.com. welcome to the Unashamedly You podcast, a space to enlighten, encourage, and empower you to go out and unashamedly be who God is calling you to be. I am your host, Jamie Herndon. I pray you hear less of me and more of him as you listen to today's episode. Let's grow together. So I'll be honest with you all and let you know I've heard of this incredible woman doing amazing things in the small town of Sebastopol, Mississippi for years, and then I saw she would be the woman speaker for the Business as Missions Conference in South Haven, Mississippi. I was excited to meet her, but I really wasn't sure what I could glean from a lawyer and a senator since I really feel like I personally didn't have much in common with those two things, but oh my, I was so wrong. I don't know if I have ever gleaned more from a speaker and I have listened to all the motivational things. We try to go to motivational conferences and wow, she just honestly, she absolutely blew me away with the many things, but one was the God confidence that she has. It was obvious when she speaks, she is a lawyer that is there to win She speaks softly, but with an authority that is just such an humble confidence that is God-given, and I'm so honored that she would be taking time to be with us here today on the Unashamedly You podcast. I cannot wait for you guys to glean so many nuggets, just as I did at the BAM conference when I heard her speak. So, Senator Jennifer Branning, thank you so much for being a guest with us today, and just take a moment, introduce yourself to us.
1: Thank you, Jamie, for having me. I have been looking forward to hopping on with you for a little while now. You're actually making me take a break from work and do something fun, so I appreciate it. And look, that introduction, thank you for that. You certainly didn't have to to say such kind things, but first of all, I do wear a lot of hats, but I'm a child of God, first and foremost, a wife, a mother of three amazing boys, and we don't even have time in this podcast for me to talk about them, but one of these days... We, we might do that at a separate time. I am an attorney. I own my own business, and I've been in business for almost 20 years now, and I serve in the Mississippi Senate. I will begin my third term in January, so I'm in year number eight. We're actually in four-year terms here in Mississippi. And if you've got time for a couple more things to add to that, I do help lead the ladies department at Pine Grove Church in Sebastopol, which is something I've done probably for, I don't know, 10 or 11 years now. And I work alongside several other ladies on a committee and we lead together and they are just amazing as well. And so wear a lot of hats, love all the things that I do and that I'm involved in. And I've I've told people on other numerous occasions that, you know, I have kind of one speed and that's about 110 miles an hour. I don't really know any other speed. That's just sort of how how we roll at my house. But I love God and I appreciate him just putting me in places where I can, you know, make a difference in the lives of people. And sometimes it may not be always in a spiritual way. I mean, on the state level, I'm able to work on the transportation committee, which is the committee that I chair. And that may seem really not a spiritual thing, but we've been able to do some great things. And I've been able to meet a lot of wonderful people. I think that God has put me in a position, I think, to meet people. And it may not be always spiritual matters per se that we're working on. But I think building relationships has been a a major part of of what I have done and just meeting people all over the state, really, and now all over the nation for different things. And so I just want to represent God well in all that I do. And I just appreciate all the opportunities he's he's given
0: me. So amazing. And I know that Getting along with others is really, it's a huge part of getting along with God. Our bishop says that often how you get along with others is how you're getting along with God. And you need those people in your lives and especially on the church level. So as a senator, I just have to ask this question. That's not always something that you even see any woman going after, but especially in the church. So what is, what is the way that you became a senator? What made you want to go after that?
1: Well, in my district, uh, there was an open seat for the Senate. And I had been looking at the, the Senate seat for a little while, I had considered it. Wasn't super serious about it, but I did have it on my mind. But the current senator that was there decided to retire. And so actually a group of business people that I represent in the law practice came to me and said, you, you need to consider doing this. And I, I said, OK, well, I, I sort of have. Maybe that's a confirmation that I need to take it a little more seriously and then you know, my husband and I prayed about it. And then we decided that's what I needed to do. And we haven't looked back since. At that time, my youngest child was three years old. So my boys, I've got three boys, like I said, at the time, the youngest was three, the middle child was nine, and the oldest was 11. And so they helped us campaign. They helped us put out signs, we knocked doors, we talked to people every weekend, we were at events, meeting people and just doing what you do on the campaign trail. And I think they learned a lot in the process. I know that anytime there's an election year that comes up, this actually is an election year for me, by the way, and I'm not opposed. So I'm not campaigning actively. I'm still going to events and doing what I do. But, you know, at any time like that, they can tell you from the, governor, from the governor's race down, who is running, who's opposed, who's not. So they, they glean from it too, just by learning the political process and just by knowing what's going on around them. And I think that's important.
0: Very. That is so neat, though. I love it. It's amazing to watch all that you are doing there. And you have helped pass a couple of very important bills. Discuss those real quick.
1: Sure. So my first year in the Senate, I was a freshman. I had no idea what I was doing honestly, I was happy to be there. I was ready to work. And a bill was presented to the members for consideration and is actually originated as as a House bill. That year, it was House Bill 1523, I believe, was the number. And in essence, what it did was protect the sanctity of marriage. And it was a lot of technical details in there, but that's the overall protecting the sanctity of marriage. And it went further to say that anyone that has a sincerely held religious belief that marriage is between one man and one woman, the government shall not, you know, discriminate against them. And one example would be in my law practice, if let's just say if I had a gay couple that came in and wanted me to draft papers for a prenuptial agreement, which is something standard that we would do for a couple anticipating marriage, you know, if I declined to do that work that they could not they couldn't sue me for it. I wouldn't have a cause of action because that would be a sincerely held religious belief of mine. And so I handled that debate on the Senate floor. And I was prepared to handle the bill. And the bill did pass by a supermajority. but I was not prepared for all of the The wrath that came after that from the people that opposed the bill and not from my constituents or really even that many people within the state. It was a lot of people nationally. But that was my first taste, if you will, of of real politics. And I, I don't have any regrets for being involved in that legislation. It's very important to our world today to make a statement that, look, we we believe what the Bible says about marriage and about other things, but that particular topic was marriage. And you know, I'm not ashamed to, to push that, to push God's agenda. You know, we see people pushing all other agenda on the state and national level. What about God's agenda? So that was, it was a privilege for me to be able to work on that legislation. And there were a lot of other people that helped with that too. So I certainly don't intend to take more than my fair share of the credit, but we then handled legislation every year that I have been there regarding the sanctity of life protecting the unborn. Every single year, we have a new bill that comes forward. It just so happens the bill that we passed, I believe it was in 2018. Again, it was a House bill that we we called it, it was the six-week bill, I believe. And so it was for the protection of the unborn. But that particular bill went to the Supreme Court and, as you know, led to the overturn of Roe versus Wade, which I'm so proud that Mississippi led the way in that. So again, protecting God's agenda. Here we are being given the opportunity to do that. So those are a couple of things that I have been blessed to work on. And again, I'm just very thankful for the opportunities that God has given me.
0: Sometimes God will put us in places that we don't understand exactly what he's doing. And then when we get there and we're like, oh, God, this is what you wanted for me. This is why you placed me here. This is why you gave me this desire. And that's a lot of what unashamedly you is all about is going after what God is calling you to do unashamedly and not worry about if someone else has paved the way and not worry about if you know someone else that's doing this, but you're doing what God's calling you to do. And it's definitely obvious that God has called you to be in this place at this time. We need more people like you than ever currently, obviously in our world right now. So we're so grateful for you. And I know you're busy and taking the time to be on here. You have a lot on your plate and more than most people that I've probably met, more than most moms, but you do it seemingly with so much ease, but you have all that going on. What are some ways that you are finding to balance those things? Being a mom, being a wife, being a church member, being a senator, being a lawyer that owns your own practice, like I'm worn out even talking about all that you do. (laughs) Well,
1: you know. I appreciate you saying that I do it with ease, but let me just be very transparent. It's not always with ease. So let's just be real. We all get overwhelmed, including me, and I do have bad days. I guarantee you there are days I think, Lord, are you sure? Am I supposed to be here? But look, I think it comes down to priorities. I think it comes down to that because as long as I'm pleasing God, Really, what else matters? If I'm pleasing God, that means that I'm doing what he wants me to do and that I'm taking care of my family the way he wants me to. And I can't worry about what other people may think about how I do things or how maybe I don't do things, because let's face it, we're all geared a little bit differently. We do. We're, we're geared differently. So I think the the way that I've been able to, to move forward is just relying on God and remembering I can't even take a step without him. I can't even form a a coherent thought without him being involved. And I make sure I tell him that every single morning when I get up. One thing that I do, I make sure I get up before anyone in my house. I need quiet time with God. I need coffee in my Bible. And I read my Bible and I try to pray and sort of set my day in order. And I ask God for his help in that. And then I make a list of the things that I know I've got the task that I have before me. And I pray over that and I say, God, you've got to help me with this. You know, I draw my strength from you, God, you know, that that's the way I pray. And I talk to him and it doesn't mean that every day goes perfectly, but it means that he gives me strength to do the things that I need to do. There are times that he moves things that I need him to move. There are times that he does not move things but he's never left me or forsaken me. And he gives me strength to do the things that I need to do for that present day. And it's a day-by-day process. It really is. And, you know, God will give you wisdom if you just ask. The word teaches us that balance is one thing that God values. He puts a lot of stock in balance and he expects us to strive for that. There are times I've gotten out of balance. So if there are any ladies listening that you may feel overwhelmed and you're like, I can't do all this. I feel intimidated. I'll never live up to it. Sort of like the Proverbs 31 woman. Anytime I read Proverbs 31, I go, I can't, even, I can't even begin to work toward being a Proverbs 31 woman. That's overwhelming to me. But you know what? If you will be open minded and pray and ask God for wisdom on how you can do things to work in that direction, He will give it to you. He will open your mind and your heart to things that you never thought you could have accomplished. And before you know it, you'll look up and you'll be surrounded by all of these things that you never thought possible. So I went around the world to answer your question is through prayer and recognizing that through God, all things are possible. But you really have to remind him and remind yourself that you've got to have him for everything. Look, he's he's a God of detail. He cares about that to do list. He does. And I want him involved in it. And and he appreciates being asked to be involved in it. And that's how I draw strength. And that's how I'm able to, to get some things done.
0: So you had talked about before that you are a list person and you like to implement those types of things. What are some things that you implement that you cannot live without that helps your days go a lot smoother?
1: Well, I have notes on my iPhone, just random notes. And let's say that if I'm having trouble sleeping at night, and I do because I have a lot of weighty things on me, I will write it down. I'll write it down. I'll grab my, my iPhone and in my notes section, make a note of what I need to do. And it kind of gets it off of my mind. Because if I don't have adequate rest, if I'm not taking care of me physically and mentally, I will, I'm no good to anyone. And so that's one way that I have learned to try to keep things separate throughout the day on my calendar. I have something scheduled almost every 15 minutes. If I need to return calls, of course, I, I know that everyone may not have the same type of job or what have you but all i can speak about is what i do any given day i have many 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 calls to return the only way i do that without getting overwhelmed is i schedule those calls every 15 minutes or so i'm either on a call with someone i'm meeting with clients you know my day is totally scheduled out so that i do get things done and i have learned to manage the expectations of the people that i serve that's really important I have clients that need me to prepare documents and get those back. I try to be realistic with how long that will take me. If it's going to be, you know, a week out, I may tell them, look, give me two weeks to get to this. And that gives me some breathing room to do a good job for them and not get overwhelmed. So it is managing the expectations of others. And then there's a concept, and I'm sure that um, you probably have talked about this maybe on other episodes, but having appropriate boundaries. And all of that, I have a lot to do. I have to get a lot of things done, but at the same time, I'm a mom and a wife and I owe good time to my family. You know, when I do get out of balance and that does happen sometimes is when I'm working long, long, long hours. And when I come home, I'm just exhausted and they don't get the best of me. Well, that's not really the way I believe God intends for me to be a wife and a mother in the home. I need to make sure I'm managing my time effectively at the office so that when I get home, we're able to have good family time. It really, that happens more so on the weekend than during the week. We do the best we can. But those are some things that I've learned to implement, a time plan, and we try to stick to it.
0: I love you talking about the boundaries. That is not something that we've talked about, but it definitely is a huge subject that I've heard even actually just today I was with a couple mom friends and one of them said that they're like I'm having to learn how to set boundaries between work and my home life you know between all the things that are going on because a lot of times they'll overlap and setting those boundaries what are some things that you do to set those boundaries
1: so I have learned to schedule family time And I know that sounds crazy to some people. Some people are going to hear that and probably laugh about it. But family time. Let's just say on Saturday evening, if I have plans to go eat dinner with my family and look, as a senator, I'm on call 24-7. The phone never stops ringing. I'm always invited to events, expected to attend as many as possible. So if I already have family dinner scheduled on Saturday evening and I get a call to come speak at an event or attend, my response is simply, listen, I already have something scheduled for that evening. we Would be happy to reschedule with you, but I have something already on the calendar and I don't have to explain it is on the calendar. And so I have learned to do that. And even, for instance, this morning, the, the phone started ringing about 7 a.m. You know, I was already already working. And so I, I began to take those calls. But there are times that maybe I may still be at home with the kids before school starts. I'm like you. School is out now. So the schedule is different. If school had been in and I had been at home having breakfast with my boys, I would not have taken that call. I would have let that call go to voicemail because you know what? I'm I'm in another meeting, if you will, at the moment and a very important one with my boys before their day starts. So that's the way I've learned to do it. I use a calendar system and I make sure that my family has their fair share of time on that calendar.
0: So you had talked about prioritizing things and making sure that things are in the right priority, your family, God, you know, above everything. And I know that this is one of the reasons that you're seeing the success that you are because you have worked hard to keep those priorities. So share a time whenever you kept your family or you kept God above your work and status as a senator. Yes. So it's
1: probably not just been one or two occasions. It's just a sort of a mode of operation that I have, you know, at, at Pine Grove, we have our midweek service on Tuesday night, which is a very popular time for legislative meetings during session. Now there are times I cannot, I don't have any control over certain meetings that I have to attend, but there are other meetings that are not necessarily mandatory that I can choose to go to or not. And If it is if it is a situation that I feel like I can not be in a meeting, I'm going to be in church. That's just the way it is. And, you know, I have gotten a little bit of negativity from people that I that I work with about that. But that's just the way my schedule is on Tuesday night. I have a meeting. I I have an I have an event on the calendar. And it's God's event, but it's an event on my calendar and it's a very important one. And so I stick to it as much as I can. There have been some exceptions that I have had to make. There have been other circumstances where, you know, my two older boys, they're old enough to drive. Okay. So anytime they call me, I'm going to answer. If if it's any way possible, I'm going to answer and check on them and be sure everything is okay. Not too long ago, I was in a meeting with leadership in the lieutenant governor's office and the phone rang and it was my oldest child. Well, I excused myself from that meeting very politely for just a moment to, to talk to my son. And I did that. He was OK. We handled that. And I, I stepped back in the meeting and there were no problems from that because everybody understands I'm a mom and I have family obligations. And in fact, I think most people respect me for that, making sure my family stays first.
0: You had also told that story about having a dinner scheduled, I think with the governor and your son was playing in the band.
1: Yeah, that's another time. So my children, the two older boys play in the praise team band at church and they have for some time, but when the oldest one was just getting started, you know, we, and we're all still very proud of him, but when he was getting started, it was really exciting to see him being used like that. So I did have a meeting with the governor scheduled, and it was a Tuesday night. And I felt as if I needed to be there. Well, when I found out Ethan was going to be participating, and, and I wanted to be at church anyway, don't get me wrong about that. But I, I just sort of hesitated about committing to the meeting, and I ended up, I ended up canceling. I ended up just letting the governor staff know. I said, you know, my my son is is involved in our church service tonight and I want to be in church I want to be there with him and my family so I just will not be able to to be in the meeting and everything was fine and so I I have never I cannot think of one time that I have ever regretted canceling or rescheduling a meeting because of my family now with that said with that said I always get my work done so don't don't uh, misunderstand and think that I'm just you know uh, canceling things left and right. No, I'm getting my, my work done, but in such a way that my family is still taken care of. And I think I, speaking at the BAM conference, I believe I made the statement that, you know, we ladies can, can go out and be successful in our businesses and attain all of these things. But what does it matter if we have neglected our husbands and children? What really have we done? We've not done anything. So it matters how you get from point A to point B. It really matters.
0: And we have a lot of ladies on here that are starting their own businesses or they're working moms, you know, trying to run and do all the things as well. What is something that you would say to them as far as that? you know, you can make it and you can do all the things too. Cause I know sometimes it can be overwhelming or you can feel like, should I just do nothing right now and just be a mom, which that's not nothing, but should I just be a mom right now in this season? Or can I still do and go after the things that I, that I feel like I should be doing as well.
1: And that's a really good question. And I like your statement that, you know, just being a mom is not just being a mom when you're a mom and a wife you know you're running your household that's like running you're you're the CEO of that household i'm not talking about your position with your husband i'm talking about taking care of the children running the day to day buying the groceries planning the meals you basically have to have a business plan to make all of that run smoothly let alone have an outside job and so i think it's important for each lady because the Bible even tells us we are not to compare ourselves among ourselves. People are in different seasons of life. I'm in a different season than you're in and vice versa. It's important to seek the individual will of God. You know, the Lord may want certain ladies to be at home for a certain length of time before branching out. So I would definitely, you know, try to get a a handle on what the will of God is. But if you feel led, if any lady feels led to start a business whatever that may be, and they still have, some, you know, children in the home, don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that commitment. Don't be afraid that you will not measure up. Do, do not underestimate what a mom can do. I'm going to tell you what, some of the best multitaskers in the world are mothers. Our mothers you think about all of the things you mothers do daily, usually at multiple things at one time. And I believe that is why women are very successful in the corporate world. You have to multitask to be able to run a business and sometimes multiple businesses like we do here. You've got to be able to keep up with multiple schedules and lists. And being a mom, you've got quite the experience to put you in a good position for the corporate world. So I would say, given that it's the will of God to step out and do something else, I want to encourage those ladies to find find a way to build your confidence. You know, David encouraged himself in the Lord. He did. And if you've got God working for you and you've got God fighting for you and you've got the Lord on your side, why in the world would you would you be afraid? Why would you be afraid? So I would just encourage those ladies that that do feel that it's time to step out, do it. What are you waiting for?
0: Love that. So good. So we believe that the spiritual connects to the natural in everything, just like you were just talking about. So share a time where you have seen this happen, rather in your law practice and in owning your business or as a Senator, where you believe that you did something in the spiritual and it was a direct connection of something that happened to you in the natural.
1: Yes, that is definitely a loaded question and it's, I've got many, probably many stories I, I can share, but. One in particular that comes to mind is, is going to be it'll be a law practice story. OK, so I had a case one time for a lady and I can't give just a tremendous amount of detail, but let's just say it was a very important case to her. It meant potentially her home and livelihood and it, it meant her life. It was it, the outcome could be could have been very detrimental for her. Well, I definitely did everything I knew to do as her attorney studied everything out, filed all the appropriate court papers, did everything. I couldn't find a way to make this case happen for her. I put in hours well beyond what she had paid me to do because I wanted to do the best job possible. I actually had, it was almost like a burden to see this lady's case successful and I just remember being at the at the office. I was working one Saturday morning. I went in to try to get ready for trial that was coming up. And I just, I didn't know what else to do. I, I ended up getting on my knees in my office and I just put my hands on the file and I said, God, you're going to have to intervene. You you know, I've done everything I know to do. I've worked hard on this. I've studied, I've researched, I have done everything I know to do. God, I need you to work on this. And do you know, it was, it, it seems like it was only a few hours. And there was a a break in the case. Facts change, things change, and the outcome was positive. And this lady was not a believer. And I didn't just go into detail with her. You know, some people are open to hearing testimony and hearing things about God. And and others, you have to maybe just be sensitive to the timing on all of that. But she was not a believer. But, But I'm here to tell you, God did that. He did that. He intervened in that case. You know, it's because he, he cares about the details of my life. He cares that, about the details of, of this law practice that, that my children think is so boring, you know, and he does because I want to be successful in such a way that I can bless his kingdom. And I believe he sees that I try very hard to do that. And so it doesn't mean that every single case I've had has been successful or every single time I've asked God to move something, He's done it because he knows better than we do. But that's one time that stands out that I I saw him directly intervene for me um, on behalf of a client. You know, when we're speaking at these conferences, sometimes things just roll off and and the (laughs) annoyance there and it it's probably comes across a little bit different. But let me start from sort of from the beginning and you know, I was not raised in the church. I, I came into the church around, I was around 14 years old. A friend in the youth group invited me and that kind of thing. And so all of the things that happened were just foreign to me. And when I was a little bit older, probably 16 or 17, and I began working my first job, I wanted to pay a tithe on that because, and I didn't make a lot of money at all working. I think at that time I was working at a bank while I was in college or I was finishing high school at that point, but I'd heard my pastor at that time. We were, we were at a different, a different church at that time, but you know, my pastor taught on, on giving and that that's what the, the word says we should do. So I said, I, I need to do this. That's just part of what we do. And I began giving my little amount and, and tried to give 10% tie the 10% offering And for me, that was a very big sacrifice because I was in school and I needed every dime I could get. I felt like and I began to see God work and move and bless. And as I began marching on through life and I'll fast forward a little bit in the interest of time. But when our first child came along, Ethan came along. My grandfather at that time gave me a little money to put aside for his college fund. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was, you know, it was to me at the time it was. And I felt led to, to give that money to our church at that time that was in a building program. And my husband looked at me like I was crazy. And he said, he said, whatever, if you feel that's right, let's do it. But you know, I did, I caught him off guard a little bit. And we did. And you know, we saw that money come back tenfold. It wasn't long. And, you know, that really built my faith. Well, years went on, Completed my education in law school, and we 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 moved back home, and we we were at Pine Grove by around 2005 or six. And another situation came up, and I felt led to give an amount of money that we'd never even I never even thought I would be able to give that amount. And again, my husband said, "Are you are you sure? Are you sure are you are, okay?" He said, "Okay, I, I, if you think that's what we need to do, and you feel like that's what God wants, that's what we'll do." And I cannot tell you the blessing that's been received from that. And it's not all about the money side of the blessing, but I can tell you that you can't out give God. You know, we, we talk about that. We hear that I'm living proof of that. And it's not always in the money, but it will also come back in family, in protection, in health, in business success in wisdom. God will give us wisdom to do things and run our businesses and be the wife and the mother that we need to be. And just yesterday, I was counseling with a client on the phone on a little bit of a complex matter, something I don't routinely handle. And the thought just occurred to me as I was counseling with this client that they should take another avenue in their case. And it just rolled out. And I thought, Lord, where did that come from? Thank you, God. I mean, I knew that I had not studied that. I had not researched that. It had been years since I even talked or handled that particular concept. But sometimes the blessings come back in the form of wisdom, I, I, I believe. So I can't emphasize enough that sacrificial giving, if you're not involved in that and you've never, you've never given over and beyond your, your tithe and maybe a basic offering, you begin praying about it. If you feel led, if the Lord leads you to give sacrificially, don't be afraid of it. Do not be afraid of it. You step out in faith and he he will not let you down. In fact, he will blow your socks off. So just get ready. But that's been my experience with giving and that is my nutshell version. There's a deeper dive that we might be could do it, it at some other time, but I just I love God
0: and I appreciate everything that he has been able uh, to help me with. Well, you have definitely helped us in this Unashamedly You podcast today, for sure. I'm so thankful that you are on here and all that you have said, so many nuggets to glean from, but what is one thing that you would leave to the Unashamedly You community as an encouragement? What's one thing that you would leave for them?
1: I would say that, you know, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from the, the, I guess the talks that I gave at the BAM conference, which was so fun, by the way. I appreciate everyone I was able to meet and talk to there and everybody has been so encouraging and they've talked about how impressed they are with all the things that I do. This is what I want to say. I I probably don't have it together like everyone thinks. And I know there are ladies out there that may think, my goodness, I can't even, I can't even keep it together with with having kids at home. How am I going to be able to, you know, get out there and do other things we can't compare ourselves among ourselves. And please know that I fail, I fail, and I have to have God to help me. And I then I learn, I learn what works and what doesn't work, and I get up and I try it again. So I want to, I want to be transparent. Look, this is not a Superwoman podcast because I'm not that. I, I, I guarantee you, all you have to do is ask my husband and my children; they'll tell you that that I have, I have good days and bad days, but God does help me. And there is a book that I'm reading now. It's called Failing Forward. And if there are any ladies out there that are, are just trying to struggle to get a grasp of measuring up and how do you get all this done? And, and I'll never be the Proverbs 31 woman. And by the way, I agree with you. I feel the same way. I feel so intimidated by by the description in Proverbs 31, but I can't view it that way. I've got to let it motivate me to be better and do better and try harder. And even in the days when, when I'm having a bad day and, you know, I'm yelling at the kids and, and I don't feel like I have it together. and I, You just got to find a place to pray and say, God, you're going to help me through this. What have I learned? What can I learn from today? What can I learn from my failures that will move me forward? And I think that's so important. I think we need to
0: learn to live that way and God will bless it. Well, you have definitely motivated us today. By being on here and sharing this, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, Senator Branding, for being on here with us. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Unashamedly You podcast. If this podcast session has blessed you in some way, we would be honored if you'd leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. And as always, shout us out in your stories and give us a tag. We thrive on your reviews, and we are so thankful to each one of you that takes the time week after week to let us know how a podcast episode has blessed or helped you in some way. We cannot wait to hug your neck at the Unashamedly You Conference, September 22nd and 23rd. We will see you soon.